<laughs> Welcome to another episode of the That's My Dad podcast. Um, you know, our purpose here is to inspire young men, young fathers to become great dads. And we believe you inspire people by telling stories. So the podcast is about 85% inspiration and 15% instruction. And we always like to bring in a, a guest who has a, an inspirational story. And sometimes those guests, we bring them in and we don't even know what their stories are. And uh, that that's what's happened today. I've learned a lot about Dustin Freeman. He's our guest. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Scott, for having me. All right, good deal. Dustin is the director of the Eagle Rock Ranch Independent Living Program. That's a program that I'm proud to say I, I founded back in 1997. It's been continuously running since then. And what that program does is it prepares young men for life out on their own. We don't want them to be dependent on the government. We don't want them to be uh, dependent on everybody else. We want them to be a contributing member of society. So we take young men who've had a, a difficult time through no fault of their own a lot of the times, and we try to train them. And when I retired uh, three, four years ago now, Dustin stepped in with Belinda Heaty and took over. So I want to jump into your story, your personal story. It's something I was not aware of until just <laughs> recently. and it's, uh, it's a little bit of a sensitive story yes, in some respects. You want to be respectful to everybody. But, yes, sir. But just kind of jump in there and tell me your story. It's a little bit of a surprise to me. So uh, a little bit of my story, and it's not something that I just I tell a whole lot, but I, I've really prayed on this, and me and my wife discussed it last night. And um, you know, when I was younger, and maybe most people don't know this, um, but a lot of it comes from how my dad did raise me. But when I was younger, um, probably two or three, I'm not 100 percent sure of the age, but my parents divorced, um, and I my mom got custody of me, and I went and lived with my mom. Um, and we moved up to well, – we actually moved all over the place in the beginning. We were we were in Hoax Bluff, Glencoe, uh, Sand Rock. I probably went to five or six different schools throughout this whole process. And my both my parents remarried. My dad remarried. My mom remarried. Um, so while I was living with my mom, we had – you know, she was with my stepdad, and he worked full-time. He was a welder. And we ended up with more kids. Uh, when my mom remarried, uh, I had a sister, an older sister that was already my – stepdads i had an older brother already but then we had three more so i ended up i had um, four brothers and a sister and when we moved to sand rock uh i lived up there and we lived in a double wide out in the middle of the woods and I, I can remember some of it um you know we didn't even have uh i think real plumbing to begin with i mean we're, we were going out in the woods to begin with because we were trying to plumb this trailer in and <laughs> do all this and they were working real hard to make it happen and um, but as I, as I lived with them and grew up, um, uh, I kind of, you know, things, things kind of changed. It was a little different. Um, you know, my mom and stepdad, um, as I was growing up, were both, uh, they both drank, um, and, and had that, had that as an issue for them. And, um, you know, a lot of times would come say, uh, on the weekends, they would always have friends over, and they'd drink, or they'd, they'd, they'd put a pig in the ground and roast it. You know, they'd, mm -hmm. all good fun. But a lot of times when all that ended and stuff, you know, we, we, we might get the brunt of um, a little bit of that angry drunk mm -hmm. or that that upset or whatever mm -hmm. like that. Um, so a lot of it, um, it seems sometimes, was a little 
uh, verbally aggressive towards us, uh, mm-hmm. and and kind of dealt with some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had, and then I'd go see my dad. You know, on the weekends or every other weekend when I'd go see him, and I would notice such a difference uh, mm-hmm. in between lifestyles. Uh, my dad and stepmom, well, they were involved in church. Um, and every time I'd go spend the weekend with them, I'd go to church with them. I loved it. I wanted to be there. But also, I loved my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I loved my brothers and sister, and I wanted to be with them too. Um, but I didn't really quite understand. I was still young. I was still under 12 years old. Well, time just kind of continued to go on, and uh, it, it just didn't seem to get better uh, on my end. I, I just I didn't. I didn't feel at home sometimes. Uh, I didn't feel, uh, I'm not going to say loved, because I always felt loved by my mom. But uh, it always just kind of, it was it was just kind of mm-hmm. rough. It just wasn't the home environment in my eyes, even at that age, 10, 11 years old, mm-hmm. that I pictured it was supposed to be like. And um, it kind of came to a breaking point uh, when I turned 12. I knew, I knew I was smart enough to understand that at that time, I couldn't go before a judge and tell the judge where I wanted to live till I was 12, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, at that time I was really struggling. I didn't know, and I had finally turned 12 years old, and I was still kind of back and forth with it, you know, just kind of dealing with it, going through the motions. And, you know, I had I had something, you know, we had, had an experience kind of happen um, that just really kind of put me over the edge um, mm. living there. Yeah. Uh, and I won't go into full details on that, sure. um, but it, uh, it it broke my heart when that happened and kind of put me to a point where I was real angry, uh, didn't understand, you know, what was happening. And I went to my dad, uh, and I told him, I said, I want to come live with you. I want to make this happen. You know, I can't – I don't want to live here anymore. So, you know, we went through the whole process, went through court, went through um, went through all that. And my dad did get custody of me, um, so I went and lived with my dad. Um, kind of broke my heart to begin with because I knew I hurt my mom a little bit mm-hmm. through all that. But I went and lived with my dad. Well, as time kind of went on, uh, you know, I was still visiting my mom and stuff. But my stepdad got, um, you know, he's, he was he ended up being a traveling welder, so they mm-hmm. ended up going to illinois up north wisconsin all these different places like that so i didn't really see my mom stepdad and brothers that much anymore because they they moved and they were always going to different places um and as i lived with my dad um you know i I learned a lot more through that and i i'll say this my dad never once in my life that i remember ever whooped me ever used anything Mm. my dad just had this firm voice and when mm-hmm. he used it, it it put me, you know, it put me yeah, down. Like yeah. I, I was, I was done. Like yes, sir, and I'm done. Um, it was a healthy, it was a healthy fear, I guess is the best right. way. When my dad would bring that in, nothing wrong with a healthy fear, by the way. It, exactly, there's not, and and that's and that's what my dad brought to the table. And anytime it, it was funny because as I got older, living with my dad, um, me and him may have some good argument, you know, as I'm getting 16, 17. And me and him would get in this big argument or something, and, you know, he would, of course, always win. Uh, <laughs> and I'd always end up with my stuff taken up or grounded or something like that happening. But it was funny because my stepmom would always sit down with him whenever I'd go, you know, he'd ground me to my room or whatever then. And she'd sit down and she'd tell him, you know, how you just reacted and how you just, 
talk to your son. What if something happened? What if that was the last thing you said to him? Wow. So she would always convict him on that, and he would always come back in and sit down and have more of a loving conversation with me about so why. Your dad was man enough to admit yes. he'd made a mistake and come and sit down with you. Yes. How, how does that – what kind of respect does that cause a child to develop for their dad? When your dad can sit down and apologize or come to you, what does that cause you to think about your dad? So so that gives me a lot more deal respect to my dad, and it made me love my dad even more because not many people can do that. And there ain't many grown people that can come and admit that they're wrong even when they make a mistake uh, because – a lot of times in those moments, you're the adult, you're the grown person, you know, I'm, this is, this is how it is, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, get over it type mentality. But it shaped me into a better person because of that. Because now, even now with my kids, I may get aggravated at my five-year-old daughter because she just snapped at my, my wife or, you know, or she, you know, was very disrespectful. But even after that, I'm like, okay, I should have handled that different. And I'll sit down with her. And I'll explain why and what happened and why we did that. Just to kind of go a little further into the story, um, you know, I had a lot of um, anger and uh, stuff towards my mom and my stepdad um, and and, and kind of how they, they handled all that and how I felt and stuff through that. But I, I do know, you know, as, as I got older and more mature, and when I had my first, it, it, it honestly probably took me till I had my first child, Aubrey, mm-hmm. to be able to honestly forgive my mom and stepdad through through all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God's changed them. They are totally different people now. God has taken them and changed them, and they are some of the most loving, amazing grandparents um, you could ever see. Um, and they, um, you know, I would trust them with my kids any day. You know, and that's that's just that's just the grace of God, and how He changed that so and there, went through. There, there's hope. I mean, exactly. we, we, the guys that you deal with at, at Eagle Rock and the, the guys that we deal with in the community need to know there's hope. But sometimes it feels like they feel like their parents will never change. Exactly, and like it's just going to always be a terrible situation. And but there's always hope that things can can turn out better. So. Bring us on forward. You were, you lived with your dad there through high school, I so, guess? So I did. I lived with my dad um, through high school. Uh, and, you know, and everything, you know, I'm not going to say everything was just rainbows and unicorns. Um, but I learned a ton through my dad. And some of the biggest stuff that I learned through my dad was responsibility. When I graduated, he, you know, he took me to a dealership and he co-signed for me to get a Jeep. And I'd been doing well. I'd been working. You know, I'd been doing what I needed to. I was still living with him and stuff like that. And I was making, he, he said, you got to make the payments. And he told me straight up, he said, if you don't make the payments on this Jeep, you miss one payment, I'll put it in the front yard and I'll sell it. <laughs> and I said, I said, yes, sir. You know, okay. Well, you don't overly think that's that serious in the moment. Um, but time kind of went on and I was um, working a job. It was through a temp agency. And I had lost the job at the temp agency and I had a car payment coming up and I didn't have the money to pay for it. And I was honestly at the moment was not in a huge hurry to just grab another job. Wasn't even thinking of those consequences at the Mm -hmm. moment. Well, my dad receives a phone call that says, Hey, you're late on a car payment. Mm -hmm. Well, my dad comes and 
he gets the he don't really have a conversation at all with me. He just walks over and he gets my keys and he takes the stuff out of my Jeep and he sets it on the porch <laughs> and he drives my Jeep to the end of the driveway and parks it and puts a for sale sign on it. <laughs> he didn't say anything to you? No. It, it was the the whole con, the whole thing was hey you missed your payment I told you not to give me the keys and yeah. that was that was it there's no need nagging you about it was there <laughs> no just and, just do what you got to do and he parked it and he sold it in a day and it was oh, gone oh so, <laughs> what a lesson yeah so what I had lesson. to learn an extremely hard lesson and I will say in that moment I despised my dad for everything I didn't want to talk to him I didn't want nothing to do with him because he yeah. just took the jeep that I had been paying on and did that but man looking back now. What a lesson to be learned uh, and how what he was doing through those was shaping me to be the man that I am today now. It wasn't about the Jeep. No. It wasn't about the, it wasn't about the money. No. It was about teaching my son how to be a man. Yes. And and that's what my dad was about. I mean, he was not and he, and he's still that way. And he would still do that, you know, and you know, mm-hmm. and he'd still take me and he'd put me in my place if I did something stupid like that. Yeah. So so you you had some rough times as a <laughs> As a young man, and so now you're working with those <laughs> very guys that are in that age group that you were in when this happened. Yes, sir. Kind of walk us through your development and and up to coming to the ranch, because I know I know you were going through a time of searching and trying to figure out what you really wanted to do. I've told a few people this story. I told Belinda, I think, not long ago this, but um, I had I had this dream twice, um, and it was both times. It was at, it woke me up at the same time. Um, and each, each of those nights and it was on the same day. And, but my wife, before I had those dreams, my wife kept saying, just go talk to her, just go talk to her, just see, you know, and I was like, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I had, a, I had this dream that I was sitting in an office talking to Belinda about the job and accepting a job at Eagle Rock. Hmm. That was the first time I had it. And I woke, it woke me up in the middle of the night. And I was like, okay, you know, it's just on my mind. It's was it whatever. a long dream? It, 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 <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't an overly long dream. <laughs> but um, we, uh, but I, I didn't think. I told my wife about it, and she's like, "Yeah, you need to go talk to her." You know, and I was like, it's, "It's a dream. It's just on my mind. I'm just thinking about it." Well, the next Sunday, I went to bed. Same exact dream. Same exact thing. Woke me up at the same exact time. And I've never had that happen before in my life and um, kind of woke me up again. And, and I, I woke up my wife the next morning. I said, okay. I said, I had the same dream, same time. And I said, I'm, I'm going to text Belinda, you know. And I text her, and now the rest is history, you know. Yeah. I, I met her in that office that I was having a dream in, which is Scott's old office, actually. Yeah, um, office. And um, met her there, and we had a great conversation. And, and you know, the rest is history now. Now I've been there for two and a half years again, and – uh, running this independent living program and um but yeah i mean that's that's kind of my story in a nutshell i think i think I so you so you reconciled i don't know if that's the right word but with your mom and stepdad yes sir how, how did you make things right because there was a little friction we picked up on that so so a lot of it was um once our firstborn was born they were still living in wisconsin and they moved back down um to hoax bluff because they wanted to be they wanted to be close you know it was their Mm -hmm. first grandbaby actually born was 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 this one and uh and when they moved back down 
you know, we just kind of slowly started to build that relationship back because I had not spent much time with my mom, our stepdad. And, and I couldn't even tell you how many years at that point. But um, we just started slowly um, kind of letting them back in and talking to them and working with them. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that we ever just sat down and had a full-blown conversation about mm-hmm. – when we were kids and kind of how I felt and stuff like that. But, you know, I do know that through all of this and, and her, she started going to church of the Highlands with us when we were going there and stuff and, and her getting saved and us having conversations on that and seeing who she is now, you know, I, I forgave her and, and, and I, I, I would have forgave her anyway, but her coming down here to be with her grandkids and to see us and to be around us, mm-hmm um was a big deal big deal to me um since i had not been with her or been around her in so many years yeah so why don't i give you an opportunity to say that to your mom <laughs> would you like to do that That's sure i mean i'm sure she'll watch this probably, oh yeah probably, yeah she, yeah it's probably something you'd want to say to your mom and stepdad yeah yeah and 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 you know mom stepdad dan um you know i love you guys uh i know we we had a rough rough time kind of coming up going through all of that um but but i I love you guys and i forgive y'all for anything um that we that we did deal with you guys are amazing y'all are amazing grandparents um your grandbabies do love you and we love you and um you know we just look forward to the future that we continue to have with you guys uh happy and healthy uh through all of this what do you think dustin you have you you have two kids. What do you think it takes to be a great dad today? Um, number one, know Jesus. Um, if you don't know Jesus, uh, if you don't have that relationship with him, um, it's not that you can't be a good dad and still be there for your kids and stuff, but knowing Jesus and knowing the grace that he gives you daily, um, that's first and foremost. Because I'm going to tell you, if, if God didn't give me the grace um, – that I don't deserve if he didn't give me those things growing up, then I wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. And you got to have that. I mean, you got to be able to have grace for your kids. You got to understand that, you know, your kids are not perfect. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to have troubles. They're going to have problems, but you got to be, you got to be able to lead them um, in the way that Christ is leading you in the best way possible. And that don't mean you're not going to mess up. That don't mean you're not mm-hmm. going to, uh, have your ups and downs and, and stuff like that. But just strive to, number one, get in God's Word daily. Pray for your kids. Pray for your kids. Pray for your spouse. Um, and do that daily, and, and you will notice a difference. And you have to be prepared as a father for the battles that come against your family. I want to talk to the boys at Eagle Rock, but that's not just the boys at Eagle Rock. That's kids everywhere. Correct. It's kids that are in foster care. It's kids that are in, in other ranches. It's kids that are out there who just don't have a dad. You've been able, and I've been able, to see some of the challenges they face. And we both have some things that we would like to say to them. So I, I want to give you a chance first. First of all, what, what do you say to inspire those young guys? So, you know... I guess to inspire them and kind of talk because of the way everything is now and how difficult the world is, 
um, you know, sometimes they come in completely defeated or upset or, you know, just, you know, or maybe just things just aren't going their, their way that, that they, they kind of see through all that. You know, me telling them now, because this will be the first time they probably any of them have heard my full story mm-hmm. and stuff like that, is you gotta, you got to understand that um, bad things do happen, even mm-hmm. to good people. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be rough patches. There's going to be days that you feel like just giving up and just throwing in the towel and just forgetting, um, just kind of forgetting everything and just moving on to something else. But it's in those days that that's what will help you to become a better man when you stand up and go, you know what, today really is difficult. Today really is hard. But I know it's not going to be the worst. If this is the worst day of my life, then yeah, it's going to be good from here. So, so to just kind of inspire them to understand that, you know, they are going through a difficult time and they might be here. You know, they're here for not their reason most of the time, not their reasoning. Um, that they can change their their story. They don't have to keep continue what they're doing. They don't have to continue the chain of what their family did, you know, maybe did to them or that they went through, that they can break that and they can change that. But mm-hmm. they're the only ones that can do that. So, yeah, I, w- I would say the same thing. There's so many of those guys who they're, they're you know, some of their families are a mess. Uh, not all of them. I want to I be fair, but... Uh, some of their families are a real mess, yes. and I want to say to them that God can fix your family. Absolutely. Uh, but I also want to say that if, if the family never gets fixed, you can change. You can flip the script. You can change it for your your family. So I want to ask you as we get ready to close, you, your dad's been a wonderful dad to you. Yes. And I want to give you a chance to honor your dad. Absolutely. And uh, if you would, just look into this camera right over here. And uh, this is your chance to speak your heart to your dad. Uh, yeah, Dad, um, <laughs> I, I just got to tell you, um, I definitely would not be the man I am today uh, without you. Uh, you definitely molded me into a hardworking, responsible father um, who cares for his kids um, just the way that you cared for me, even on those days where – you know, we we might have been extremely mad at each other or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, you still showed that you cared, that you that you loved me. And, you know, I honor you, you know, for that. And, and I'm grateful that I had a father like you to um to be able to to be there for me, to take me to the to the ball games, to be there for my, you know, my track and field meets, taking me to state, you know, and my discus throwing to do those things, to to have you there in my life um, through all that. And I'm grateful that you're here now for my grandkids um, and and to uh, to love on them now and to spoil them that you get to now um, and um, and all that. So, so Dad, I, I love you. Uh, I'm grateful for you and uh, look forward to many more years with you. Awesome. So, Dustin, we've um, <clears throat> we've we've had a lot of guests on the program and and on the podcast, and a lot of them have been a lot older than you. Their kids are grown, and when kids get grown, they really develop a sense of appreciation for what their dads have done through right. the years. But when they're little, 
they also have a <laughs> sense of appreciation. It can be a little different. So as a gift to you, the production crew got to got a little a couple of little video clips from your your family and just want to share those with you. Okay. Something that you love most about Dada? <laughs> that he plays with me. And where's your favorite place to go with Dada? The beach. The beach. <laughs> and is there something you want to thank Dada for? Um, that he uh, reads to me every night before I go to bed. That's very sweet. Uh, hey, baby, we just wanted to thank you. Um for loving us like you do and protecting us. Uh, you truly are the greatest man I've ever known. And I have so much respect for how you always put Jesus first in your life and then us second. And how you always strive to just be a better father and a better husband. Uh, we couldn't ask for anyone greater to have. Um, and you truly are the best. We would be lost without you. And we just, we love you so much. Anything else you want to say? I, I, we love you to Pluto and back. We and love I love you a hundred of the moons. Oh, that's very sweet. Abram, can you say dada? Dada? Can you say dada? <laughs> say dada. Say <laughs> dada. Dad, dad, dad. Yeah. Okay, we love you, baby. Oh, we're up, y'all. Dustin, the day's coming where, you know, those kids are going to be grown. Right. And I, I feel confident that they're going to say the same things again. Daddy, thank you for loving us to Pluto and back, <laughs> for being there for us, for reading for us at night. And you're not going to regret it one bit. No, sir. Not, not at all. How does that make you feel? It 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 definitely um, man it 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 gets you so good, um, you know I, I love them. I, I wouldn't be, you know, my wife and kids, man, they're they're my rock. You know, they keep me going every day, and and I love them so much, and I, I just look forward to, to to those years growing up and with them and watching them grow. It's gonna be great. Yeah, well, I want to tell you that I appreciate you stepping in when I retired. You know, we it's difficult to find people with the calling that you have. Yes, sir. And when I retired, I told Belinda, I said, I, I don't know if it's sustainable. If you can't find the right people, you just can't. And you can have all the money and facilities in the world. If you don't have the right people, you're wasting your time. So I want to publicly, personally thank you for stepping in and being Belinda's partner and helping and, and running that and for investing your your days and your nights yes, i've been there i know what it, how <laughs> difficult it is uh i want to thank you for investing in those those young men and uh, continuing something that that i got to be a part of right. i love to see it continue god knows how long it will continue and i'm so grateful that you've taken taken it and ran with it yes sir thank you Dustin. thank you appreciate you being here too yes sir That'll conclude this episode of That's My Dad, where we're striving to break cycles of generational fatherlessness, and we're trying to inspire fathers to become great dads. See you next week.